Alright guys, and welcome to another edition of Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PJ Jinky. It's Monday, it's time for the run it back. We're going to run it back all the way from Thanksgiving. We're going to review quick hits on all, every game, guys. I don't need to go into much detail on a few of these, as we know, because some of these games were complete dumpster fires. So, let's go on. Let's review real quick, uh, a couple. go over a couple of the games from Thanksgiving. So, first off, we had Green Bay visiting Detroit. Green Bay winning that one 29-22. Main thing that I'm seeing from this, guys, is we're seeing a transition in Jordan Love's play and in the Packers' offense altogether. They did not have any kind of downfield pass game. Well, that is a thing of the past. They are merging with that. They are being aggressive, and they have limited the turnovers by Jordan Love. That is the key. He's not willy-nilly back there anymore. He's throwing, and he's throwing with a lot more confidence. You can tell every week. That is the biggest difference of the Packers from the beginning of the season till now. He had a good first game against the Bears, but of course the Bears defense we know can be a little bit bit suspect, to say the least. And then he definitely regressed. But now, slowly and surely over the last couple weeks, you've seen him throw with confidence, throw the ball down the field. LaFleur is calling for plays down the field. The Packers on that side are moving in the right direction, and you're probably going to see Jordan Love continue to be better and better, and Green Bay might try to have something to say in this NFC North division race. Now, on the reverse side, Detroit. I hate to say this. I know that they, you know, I think they're in trouble as a team on defense. I really do. They've given up a lot of points lately. And I just think that they have regressed to the point to where that defense was last year. The other problem that they're running into right now, too, is the turnovers by Jared Goff. Last week, it was three interceptions by Chicago. This week, it's three fumbles to Green Bay. You can't do that. Now, Goff has been very efficient for them, but the turnovers have to be limited. They don't have that great of an offense to come back from, obviously. They've come back a couple times. But they fell short against Green Bay, and I think if they keep getting their defense put in these bad positions, it will continue to go downhill for Detroit. They don't have necessarily an easy schedule coming on up. They still got some great teams to play. They still got to play Minnesota twice. They still got to go play Denver now, who's a surprisingly good game now. So Detroit has definitely got some things to work on. Okay, moving right along. We had uh, Washington visiting Dallas. There was nothing really to say about this one, guys. Dallas, 45-10. to 10. Listen, Dak was impressive. 331 yards, four touchdowns. They beat up in bad teams and continue to beat up on them until the game is over. That's what happens in Dallas. Now, the main thing that I'll talk about on the Washington side, their offense can put up some yardage. They are struggling to find the end zone. They are struggling to find the end zone, and their defense is an absolute sieve. And you can see that because they fired Jack Del Rio right on Friday. Black Friday was Black Friday for Jack Del Rio as he was shown the door. You're going to see a complete reset in Washington, I think, after this season. And and sorry to say that for Ron Rivera, but I think he knows it. it's coming down the pipe, too. And Dallas keeps pointing in the right direction. We'll see if they have something to say in the NFC East playoff uh, hunt. Okay, next up, we had a division game against San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle uh, Seahawks. San Francisco in control of this game pretty much the whole time. And I think the biggest difference that you've seen in San Francisco over the last couple weeks, I mean, they definitely took that three-game losing streak, and I think they learned from it. They're playing efficient football, and the main difference is, too, they're healthy, guys. 
Debo Samuel's healthy. When he's back there, he's rushing, he's catching, he's this, he's that. Then you're going to worry about him. Then McCaffrey's going to be open. Oh, now now McCaffrey's open. Or now you're worried about McCaffrey. Now Kittle's open. And then Ayuk. So they have guys that as long as they're all healthy, you got they got too many guys for you to plan for. That's it. Too many guys to plan for. They've got a great game coming up against Philadelphia Eagles because I really want to see where where the power totally lies in the NFC. Is it with the Niners or is it with the Eagles? But the main thing is the Niners going into this game healthy. Okay, can they stay healthy? Now, Seattle, on the other hand, I thought they were going to be a playoff team. Those hopes of them being a playoff team are cascading downwards quickly for me. And a lot of it is because their offense has gone MIA. I don't know what's going on with Seattle. I know Kenneth Walker's hurt, but they got they got Charbonnet, who's a decent running back right behind him. I don't know what's going on. They can't find the end zone. Their offense put up six points on, on Thanksgiving uh, night, and their defense put up six points. That's the only touchdown that they had was a pick six. So needless to say, Seattle, you better get your offensive struggles put together or else you're going to be in the... Uh, you're going to be in danger of losing out in of these playoffs altogether. Okay, next up, the game from Black Friday. Miami Dolphins visiting the New York Jets. I mean, what can we say about this, guys? The Jets were keeping this one really close until one point, and that was that crazy Hail Mary play at the end of the first half that the Dolphins picked off and proceeded to run 99 yards the other way. Now, if I'm the Jets, I get it. You're like, hey, let's just try one more play. But why not just kneel the ball and go into and go into halftime down ten to six? Ten to six is a lot more a lot different than seventeen to six. Ten to six is doable. You just intercepted to a like the last two possessions. If you go into halftime down ten six, your team might have a different feel. Now I'm not gonna say that they were gonna beat the Dolphins, but they might have kept it a little closer. Okay, that defense after that just looked deflated. That whole team just looked deflated. And I mean, come on, Boyle is your quarterback. I just I can't see it. These Jets are in a tailspin, and it's it's getting worse and worse. And a lot of it, you know, I'm I have to agree with Mike Florio's point that I heard the other day is that this this team was built around Aaron Rodgers, and with Aaron Rodgers not being in there, this team does not work. This offense does not work with somebody else. These quarterbacks can't run that offense that Aaron Rodgers can run. So needless to say, the Jets pointing down Miami Dolphins taking care of business. All right, next up, we're jumping to Sunday for the run it back. We had the New Orleans Saints visiting the Atlanta Falcons, basically to kind of see who can be the front runner for the NFC South. We saw Atlanta win this 124-15. And my main points for this game, guys, is you saw Atlanta finally start to use B. John Robinson. He had a touchdown on the ground and about 90 yards, I think about 90 yards uh, rushing, and he had another game uh, touchdown in the air. If Atlanta continues to use that skill position player the way they are, they will continue to win games. They are 3-0 and against the NFC South so far. They are in the driver's seat to win this division. It's not a great division, by the way. We're, I mean, of course, Carolina's not going to win it. Uh, we're not going to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win it. I think they're pretty much toast as well, but we'll get to them in a second. And New Orleans, New Orleans, no touchdowns? They're moving the ball all over the field. You can't even get a touchdown? I mean, Atlanta Falcons defense isn't that great. You can't even get a touchdown? You've got Camaro. You've got Taysom Hill. You've got these guys that are, you know, that are skill position guys that can get in the end zone. Chris Olave, and nobody can get in the end zone? You only could muster up five field goals against Atlanta. 
I'm just telling you this right now. The Saints are pretty much a big disappointment because they should have probably ran away with this division. I think Derek Carr was a decent move for them at quarterback. But in the long scheme of things, I think Atlanta just proved yesterday that they are going to win this division and maybe buy Arthur Smith another year. Okay, let's let's not spend too much time on this next game. When I talk about dumpster fires, here it is. New England versus the Giants, okay? 10-7. to 10-7, to the Giants beat New England. New England, Bill Belichick, yes, lost to Tommy DeVito and the Giants, 10-7. to New England, I got no words for you. It doesn't matter if it's Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, whoever you want to throw out there. I, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It, there's no inspiration on this offensive side at all. They can't get they can't get anything put together other than Ramadre Stevenson, and that's it. They need to blow this whole thing up, and just they need a whole new whatever. They probably need a new coach, new GM, new everything. And I'm sorry to say, it's just crazy to see how the mighty has fallen. And the Giants, I, I don't know. You had three interceptions on that pitiful New England defense or offense. So hats off to you. They won. That's what they're supposed to do. But man, New England, how the mighty have fallen. Okay, next up, kind of another dumpster fire game that pretty much nobody really kind of cared about unless you're a Tennessee or Carolina fan, and that's Tennessee-Carolina, 17-10, to Tennessee won. Carolina, I got nothing to say either on this one. I really don't. Young's just okay. I don't know what else is, I don't know if he's improving. Is he improving? I'm not really seeing much. I mean, I guess he's not turning the ball over as much, but there's just nothing on this offense. There's just nothing. to. I, I tried to look at the stats to see if there was something to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. Uh, C.J. Hubbard had the, the rushing touchdown, the lone touchdown. Other than that, Bryce Young didn't throw for 200 yards again. Um, Adam Thielen had like two yards receiving. I, there's just nothing to talk about on this team. And maybe maybe Frank Reich should get out of there. Maybe that maybe just Carolina is just... just uh, just a death sentence for coaching. I don't know. We'll have to see. But it's just nothing to write home about on Carolina. Now, Tennessee, on the other hand, Will Levis looked efficient. No turnovers. Moving the ball. Derrick Henry, two touchdowns. That's the way you win in Tennessee. So, But I definitely do think that you're looking at the last year of Henry at this team. And that's, and that's all well and good. I think they're going to go in a new direction. Probably start to build around Will Levis. So... Needless to say, Tennessee took care of business. Carolina, I don't know what kind of ball they're playing, but it's just it's it'd be worrisome if you had the number one pick and this is what your team's doing because you are not progressing whatsoever. Okay, next up, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the Cincinnati Bengals, and let me tell you, look out, Pittsburgh Steelers offense. You fire Matt Canada. And you decide to go ballistic for 421 yards of total offense? Get out of here. What the heck's going on here? First time all season that they actually outgained a team, by the way. Um, and, you know, despite being 7-4, and four, um, they they were only outgained one team, and that was yesterday. Kenny Pickett decided to go ballistic and throw for 278 yards. Najee Harris about another 100 yards on the ground. So, you know what? If Pittsburgh can continue progressing the right way, give this team a little bit of life on the passing attack to go around with with Harris and Warren on the running attack and help out this defense. Because I think this defense is a world-class caliber defense, okay? That was really tough for me to say, and I know you guys heard it through the microphone. Now, if you can give this defense 
16 or 17 points every week. This defense is good enough to hold the other team to about 10 to 13 points. I totally think so. If you give this defense 16 to 20 points, they can win games for you. But we'll just have to see if Pittsburgh can continue on the way. Now, let's just be honest. Pittsburgh was playing Cincinnati, who just pretty much saw their season disintegrate on them last week with Joe Burrow getting hurt and going down for the year. And that's what we about expected with Cincinnati's offense. They put up about 10 points. I don't really see them putting up much more than 10 points every game for the rest of the way. We'll have to see. Cincinnati's defense, as inspired as it was playing before with Burrow, I just see people going to start packing it in more and more. So, needless to say, Pittsburgh, unbelievable. Keep that offensive rolling. Cincinnati, I'm sorry. This is about where you're going to be for the rest of the year. All right, next up, Tampa Bay versus the Indianapolis Colts. We saw Indianapolis win this one 27-20. No surprise there. Tampa Bay had a late push to get some more points on there, but it wasn't enough. I just think Tampa Bay, it's time for them to go in a new direction. I, I, I think Todd Bowles is just not the answer there. I don't think Baker Mayfield is the answer there. I think you're going to see Mike Evans probably walk and go to another team to try to probably compete You know, in his last couple uh, years as a wide receiver, that he can be effective. I wouldn't be shocked if he went to, um, let's say, a Kansas City, because that would be a huge maneuver for them. So just something uh, I can predict on that one, but we'll see. Um, needless to say, Tampa, I think they're toast. Indianapolis, they're playing... They're definitely playing some um, better ball as of late. You know, Gardner Minshew did have another interception, but they've won three in a row. They're second in the um, AFC South. And it's kind of funny. Their defense hasn't missed a beat, even though that they cut Shaq Leonard, who was one of their best players, you know, as of, you know, even like last year or two years ago. And they didn't miss a beat. They did pretty well. So I don't really have much else to say. We'll see what Indy does, you know. I mean, I think Gardner Minshew is basically making his uh, his ploy to be a starting quarterback somewhere in this league. And I'm sure somebody will give him a shot. Maybe it will even be Tampa Bay next year. You never know. So, okay, moving right along to the other AFC South teams that were playing. And that was the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. Jacksonville took this one down, 24-21. Tough game. Good good win by Jackson. They, Jacksonville, they separated itself in the division. They're 8-3. And they look well on the way to win this division. Now, they could still stumble late. We'll see. Um, but their offense is playing way better since that uh, bad San Francisco game. And their defense playing good, but gave up a lot of yardage against Houston. And Houston, but like I said, Houston's pesky. They do not go away easily. You know, they just fell short. Houston just fell short of tying it, like on a 59-yard field goal or 58-yard field goal. But a lot of positives. I only have one thing to say about Houston. I have this growing sense, this growing gut feeling that as well as Houston has played this year, that the air is going to get ready to run out of the balloon soon. I don't know why. I just feel like that that this has been pumped up enough and that the air is slowly coming on out and then it's going to start rushing out soon. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, Houston. But you've had an incredible season, an incredible season so far. But I just kind of have this gut feeling that the air is going to be rushing on the balloon soon. And you guys are going to be falling back to earth real quick. Okay, going on to the afternoon games. We had the Los Angeles Rams versus the Arizona Cardinals. Really nothing to say here other than Matt Stafford put up four touchdowns and none of them went to Cup. Cooper Cup only had 18 yards. I think the one thing that you saw in this game that I, I kind of had a feeling about was Ky- Kyron Williams. 
the running back came back for the Rams and he went ballistic. 143 yards on the ground, 61 yards receiving, two touchdowns in the air. That guy is a spark plug for Sean McVay. That's the kind of guy that Sean McVay loves to have on his team. So, and it and it showed. So, Arizona, Kyler Murray being back, he's put up some stats, but like I told you guys last week, he needs more weapons on his team. He needs more weapons on his team because there's really nothing to be scared of but Kyler Murray. Okay, next up, we had the Cleveland Browns visiting the Denver Broncos. Cleveland ended up losing this one to the to the red-hot Denver Broncos, I should put it, 29-12. Now, Cleveland, you're, you got a great defense. I mean... Like I said earlier, world-class caliber defense. But this offense has problems, especially with Deshaun Watson being out now. And then Dorian Thompson-Robinson got got a concussion yesterday, so he went out. Then P.J. Walker came in, and it just was abysmal after that. I kind of hate to say this, too. Cleveland's story was great. Their defense is awesome. I just don't think this offense is going to have enough to carry the defense, especially losing Chubb. Losing Watson, and it's really sad to say because, man, if they had those two players, this could be a very dangerous Cleveland team, and we'd be talking about probably going deep in playoffs with that defense. But unfortunately, they ran into the buzzsaw that is known as the Denver Broncos. What an unbelievable turnaround to a season. I can't even believe it. They've won five straight. They're playing efficient offense. They're not turning it over that much. They're playing unbelievable defense. They're getting turnovers. And not only that, they're capitalizing and getting points off those turnovers. They might not be getting touchdowns every time, but they're putting up points off of those turnovers. And that's a key, guys. You're seeing them take advantage every week. It's an unbelievable turnaround. I had a friend text me yesterday. Do you think Sean Payton is coach of the year right now? I said, I can't think of a better candidate, really. I mean, yes, you got teams playing better than the Broncos, but to turn this team around like this is pretty unbelievable. So, way to go, Bronco country. Let's ride. All right. Now, probably the game of the weekend for excitement purposes and just in between two heavyweights, that was the Buffalo Bills versus Philadelphia Eagles. Went down to the wire, went into overtime. But unfortunately for Buffalo, we saw Philadelphia not waver and win 37-34. Like I said, Buffalo, unbelievable game by Josh Allen. 339 yards in the air, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. Just their defense couldn't hold it late in the fourth quarter and on. Just the fourth quarter, that's what the Eagles do. They just wear you down. You can't keep them under wraps for that long. And the Eagles scored in the fourth quarter, took the league. Buffalo jumped back, took the lead again. Eagles came down, kicked an unbelievable 59-yard field goal to tie it. Then you saw the Eagles' defense just hold on to Buffalo, make them only kick a field goal. And then you saw Jalen Hurts systematically move down the field. The one thing that you can say about Philadelphia is they don't waver. They don't get shooken up too much. They just keep moving the football. That's Whether that's running with Hurts, whether that's throwing with Hurts, whether that's running with Swift, throwing to Swift, throwing to Brown, throwing to Smith. They've just, they've got a great, unbelievable team. They definitely are one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team. They have a huge game against San Francisco to prove that they are the best team in the NFL. 
And, you know, a lot of people have picked him to go to the Super Bowl this year before the season. I, unfortunately, was not one of those people. But I cannot argue that if they get to the Super Bowl that I can see it. They are an unbelievable team on the offense and defensive side, especially on the offense and defensive line. And they are continuing their dominant season, and they have a huge test against San Francisco. I can't wait for that game. All right, last game of the afternoon was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Guys, I think the main thing that you're pulling from this, we saw, I knew Kansas City was going to win. I thought Las Vegas would keep it closer than they did. Technically, they did keep it close to the first half. Kansas City just ran away with it the second. I don't know if Kansas City has enough to be the number one seed in the AFC. I really don't. I just don't know if they have the weapons. I feel like they're going to lose another game or two. I just do. I This one, even when they, you know, the Raiders took the lead on them early. Now, you know, Chiefs don't get sh- shooken up either, just like the Eagles. They just keep They just keep moving the ball, too. But do they have enough offensive weaponry to take the number one seed? I don't know, and I don't think so. Raiders, on the other hand, way different team under Antonio Pierce. Way different team. Now, has he done enough to become the long-term coach? I don't know yet. That's a tough one to see. they got to probably go through the interview process. I think he might have done enough to get himself the the head coaching job permanently. We'll see. The thing is, Aiden O'Connell, I like his story. I don't know if he's a a starting quarterback in this league. I think he's going to be a heck of a number two quarterback. And, and a guy that can jump in there when you need him to if your guy's hurt. I think they need to find their quarterback. And I don't know how they're going to do it. I But I just don't know if Aiden O'Connell's the answer. I love his story. I like him as a player. I just think that that's what they're going to be doing in this next offseason. All right, finally, Sunday night game. Baltimore Ravens versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, the score was 20-10 to 10 Ravens. Game was a lot closer than that. The Ravens scored... In the last two minutes, to make it twenty to ten, on you know on a short pass to Zay Flowers that he just broke a bunch, of, broke it wide open. So Ravens, not a pretty one. Defense though, God, that defense is good. I think it's the best in the league or one of the best in the league. Four turnovers, and I really think that you're looking at the Baltimore Ravens probably being the number one seed in the AFC. They just, I think they have the firepower. The Chargers gave them a, a few uh, problems yesterday, but the Ravens held on and they won. And they won because they ran the football and they ran the football well and they played excellent defense. And that's what's going to need be needed in January, guys. You need to run the football well, you need to play defense, and that's what the Ravens do well. And they can also blow the top off of you a little bit on offense. Yes, they lost Mark Andrews, but I think... That your Isaiah, Isaiah likely is not a bad tight end to have in there. He's no Mark Andrews, but you got Odell Beckham, you got Zay Flowers, you got Bateman, you got Nelson Aguilar too. Those last couple guys aren't big names, but they will get you a couple plays a game. Okay, and that rushing attack is awesome. So that's what you're looking at, Los Angeles Chargers. What can I say? I mean, you put up ten points. You're the Chargers to be the Chargers. They need a whole reset there too. Brandon Staley's defense, I, I just I think he's just in over his head. I just think he needs to go back to being a defensive coordinator somewhere. I'm sorry to say that. I think, you know, I agreed with him getting a shot, but man, I, I think that the Staley time is over in, in Los Angeles Charger world. All right, let's go on to the game for tonight. 
the Chicago Bears visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, here's my pick. I'm taking Minnesota to win. I'm taking the Bears to cover the three. Um, I'm taking Bears plus three. I think it's going to be a close game. And I'm taking the over of 43 and a half. In fact, one of the props I like is both teams to score 20 plus points, plus 125. I think you booked that. I think you're going to see a little bit of a shootout, much in the way of that Detroit-Chicago game last week. I think Chicago's got the ability to move the ball a little bit more with Justin Fields being in the game, and I think you're going to see that. And I also think you're going to see Minnesota move the ball a little bit too. I can absolutely see this game being like a 21-20 game. Really, you know, if not even more, like 27, you know, 27-25 or 27-26, something weird. It's going to be a weird score. I think you're going to see some fireworks though some on some offensive sides. This is the other props I like too. Josh Dobbs, anytime touchdown, plus 190. DJ Moore, anytime touchdown, plus 170. And then I like TJ Hawkinson, over 60.5 receiving yards, minus 130. Those are awesome. I think you guys should take them. I took a few of those myself. Main thing is, I think Dobbs will rush this one in. I think you'll see Fields run a little bit. I'm a little nervous that he's not going to run as much as he did before. I think Minnesota's going to be ready for that a little bit more than Detroit was. And really, just Justin Fields runs great against Detroit. We'll have to see how what he does against uh, Minnesota. But we'll see. He might do it. He might not. I just don't know if it's going to be a 100-yard rushing game for Justin Fields on the ground. Okay, guys. That's it for Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast for your Monday. Now, tomorrow, we'll run it back from the game tonight, and we'll give you our post-Week 12 power rankings. But needless to say, guys, thank you for joining Just a Guy Talking Football Podcast with PG Janky, and I am out.